You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hey guys, I'm so happy for you to get the chance to walk with me through attachments in relationships and dating with the date doctor, Christy. She is a relationship expert. She's a therapist, a dating coach called the love doctor. She's been featured on ABC, CBS, Fox, and more. She is a doctorate therapist who, as a type three on the Enneagram, just gives her whole heart to helping couples find relationship success through the dating years. And she is going to share so many tips for those of us who have already been there, as well as those of us who are right now in the thick of those dating years. So we got to hear from a Gottman Level 2 coach on our team, Melissa Thompson, last time. And now this time we're filling in a little bit more. Christy's going to talk about the pursuer distancer cycle, as well as help us to link attachment styles to that as well, so that you guys can have a sense for this buzzword attachment that you're hearing everywhere in culture, but also just to be able to scratch your head and look at yourself and say, how does this attachment piece affect me? my relationships and my Enneagram work. So she's sharing that with us from the heart space. We're hearing about her relationship and I can't wait. In the meantime, I just want you guys to understand that where we are in terms of our Enneagram and marriage year together and our planner, if you've been doing the light version or the deeper dive via actually having our Enneagram and marriage planner, we are moving from a space of really looking at our vices and virtues spiritually and giving that up to God to Uh, the next, which I love, goal setting in your relationship. So today, I hope that you'll set some goals for yourself. And one of them I hope that you'll set is to be healthier intentionally in this area of attachment and to really figure out how to do your work. And so Dr. Christie is going to share her tools and tips for getting to know her and her work better. And then you also know we have Enneagram and Marriage coaches to help you if you're just in that space where you're like, all right, I am ready to get healthy and goal get because that is probably probably the most exciting time in a person's life. And that's why I love having a three on to walk us through that today. And and that is truly their God-given gift. And so we'll enjoy this moment with Christy. We can be the most relationally successful as we continue to do our own work. And remember, key our own work. Also, don't forget to tune into the Enneagram shorts that I posted this past Wednesday and the shorts coming up ahead. I wanted you guys to have little nuggets to use in the middle of your week so that you can have forgiveness practices, understand ways we can sabotage one another's work, and so on and so forth, so that you guys have every tool available as needed as you're doing your EM work. So very excited about that. And then once again, stay tuned for the Enneagram and Marriage Collective if you need a deeper dive. We'll be sharing next week about the 
EM Collective a bit more. So I'm really excited about that. And I am literally not giving family updates this week because if I did, I would get overwhelmed with how many, not only recitals, but soccer scrimmages, taekwondo practices, you name it, we've got it. And even a couple of friends who decided to make a last minute visit because they're visiting some colleges nearby. So even though I had to set some boundaries around like these four days, we're not going to be home at all. They're like, oh, no problem. We'll just hang out for a couple days when you are home. So we are just busy in the hardened home, but I am hanging on to dear life for the pockets and we prepared well so that we could be ready for it all. We cleaned bedrooms. Uh, My daughter who's in college got her work done early. I got my podcast done early so that we could be present because there's nothing Wes and I like more as parents than sitting together and watching all of these wonderful performances that we've been schlepping our kids back and forth to do throughout the year. So just remember, be present when you're busy. If you're in that season with us where you're just doing stuff and you're running so fast, make sure that you show up for what you came for so that you can give your very, very best. But yeah, remember that three and a half hour Goldilocks zone of relaxation a day and then full on work through the rest of the day so that you guys can have the benefits and the blessings of balance. So okay, well, let's dive right in and immerse ourselves in Dr. Christie's really beautiful work on attachment and dating. Hey, Dr. Christie, I am so happy to have you on the Enneagram and Marriage podcast. Thank you so much, Krista. I'm so thrilled to be here. Oh my gosh. This is totally a match made in heaven because we both love talking about relationships and you take the dating end and I take the marriage end and then we both like to do both, right? Exactly. I love it. He's in a pod. (laughs) Exactly. So this is such a fun episode. We're talking about attachment dating, but you're married and we'd love to hear a little bit of your three, three glow story. Yeah. I I think it's so funny when I tell people about, because obviously we teach the Enneagram in, in our program and I love sharing about our story because it really aligns with something that I learned when I worked at eHarmony, which is from Dr. Neil Clark Warren, the founder, is that people that are more similar often are more compatible in certain ways, obviously. And that goes against the grain of what we (laughs) often hear in pop culture, which is that opposites attract and all these things. And so when um, I met my husband and then when we, you know, did obviously I made him take the Enneagram test pretty (laughs) soon after we met, but he had it before. um, I was like surprised, but not super surprised because I think that in relationships we're we're always a mirror. And as you you know shared in your glow guide, there there's great things about being a three three couple, but then you always see the flaws. And anytime you know we're in an argument or there's some conflict, I'm always like, oh my goodness, I see myself in this as well. <laughs> in the thing that I'm not liking here, I also <laughs> see in myself. And that happens, you know, with, with all relationships, but um, yeah, we met. So actually the way that we met uh, initially we met when we were really young in vacation oh. school of all places. And the only way that we actually knew that is because our moms knew each other from that. <laughs> um, yeah, it was super funny, but then, um, you know, I moved back and he moved back um, into our hometown area and um, we reconnected through a dating app Bumble. And I always tell my clients, it's so funny that we met that way because we had so many connections. Our families knew each other from wow. where they're from in Lebanon. But if it weren't for the dating app, 
it just would have never connected us. So, <laughs> um, yeah. Oh so, my God. Wow. So you can tell us this, there are some beautiful parts to a dating app, even if you have connections like that seven degrees of separation, like it's true. It's so true. And I always joke because we lived so close by each other. So we probably bumped into each other at the coffee shop, like who knows, but because of today's, you know, the way that dating works today, just people don't necessarily approach each other the same way. So I'm really thankful for our story. I think it's a great inspiration to a lot of people that feel discouraged with modern dating. It really is because you're like, there are authentic, natural ways to do this that still allow you to have the fun, early, natural meeting that people long for. So, oh, I love that. So when you think about just when you started in your career to now, uh, which I know you've been so impressive with your education and we love your background, what are you seeing in terms of dating nowadays versus when you first got started? That's a great question. So um, when I first started, I started working as a professional matchmaker at eHarmony. My background is as a marriage and family therapist, and I felt really inspired by the mission of eHarmony, which was to reduce the divorce rate. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had uh, up until that point in my career been seeing a lot of couples. So I worked kind of on the relationship side um, as you do now. And I felt like a lot of those couples, I did a lot of premarital uh, counseling and I felt like when when they kind of came in, they were already engaged. And I was like, I wish we had some of these conversations a lot sooner. (laughs) Um, And so that really inspired me to work and learn um, just the way that eHarmony and the algorithm had been changing, really pivotal in changing the dating landscape. And I think I've always taken the approach from working there and with many other dating apps that I've worked with since that the dating app is really a tool and a lot of people feel like they it's not the way they want their love story to go or you know they never imagine having to meet you know a stranger on the internet and see if that's their person but I do think some of the positives that I've seen is that you're able to filter out a lot of things about a person and really assess for compatibility before the chemistry if you choose to use the tool that way whereas the way the meat cutes uh, that we all desire sometimes put that chemistry cart before the horse and then you have to figure out if there's the compatibility after you've already emotionally invested so I'm always an advocate of online dating. I think it's just the way that you use any tool that, and knowing yourself and, you know, obviously through the work of the Enneagram and in other ways, that's, what's going to help you use the tool in the right way. Ooh, fascinating. So you've seen a lot of growth come in people's lives and in the quality of the relationships as they've been learning how to navigate the relationship tools that are online. So we can use the technology versus letting it eat us alive. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, And I know you and I both were watching Love is Blind to a degree and you've got your eye on some of the shows out there because that's all kind of new too, right? And that's Hollywood is obsessed with relationships and manipulating ways that people meet. And some of these, you know, uh, phrases that we know, like love is blind and playing off of these concepts. And I think that they're the reason I love watching these shows is it triggers and brings up a lot of our stuff. So we can notice 
okay, you know, what is happening here that either I've been through or is a pain point for me. And you can take that and, and learn from it as well. But I do think we can't ignore the online dating. If you're a single right now, you know, it's the number one way to meet people <laughs> since 2020. It surpassed being introduced by friends, which used to be the number one way to meet people. So I think if you're single and looking, you have to kind of pay attention to why am I, you know, why am I against this? And is there a way to do anything in an aligned way? Mm, wow. I didn't realize that, that it had surpassed. And I know that uh, a lot of people don't want to do it. So it's very encouraging for people to get in there and to navigate. And you're going to give us some tips on that later too. But what about people who uh, just feel like online dating has made me feel so icky and I just don't have as much respect for myself. I find myself in these strange situations where I'm finding people not treating me with dignity. Do you have tips for people? And I think you're already saying some of this comes in the filtering, but what do you tell people who are falling into that trap? Because that's not a few clients. That's lots of clients that are single that I've worked with over the years that say that. Right. And I think it's a very similar problem that we face with social media. You know, a lot of our self-esteem is found through that validation or what people say, what they don't say, um, how we present ourselves, that kind of image focus. Oh, if people think I'm this way, then I'll feel more worthy or whatever kind of our core, core fears are. And so I think that it really has to do with knowing yourself and knowing your boundaries and knowing what feels like a growth edge and what feels like this is detrimental to my health. So it might be that if you're having that problem, you um, maybe have that problem in all other areas of your life. Maybe you have low self-esteem everywhere. And so the dating app is really highlighting that, but we have to get to the root of the problem. It's not just saying no dating apps (laughs) or no social media, you know, no, the baby out with the bathwater, but we do want to notice, okay, what is going on here and how can I, you know, live life in a more aligned way without Mm -hmm. saying, oh, I'm sacrificing my mental health just because I feel like I should be on a dating app. (laughs) That's a really good point. You're just advocating personal growth here so well that people want to put the cart before the horse in that way that they're like, I want a relationship, but I'm not healthy. And, and I think that even kind of touches on my next question. Cause I'm so fascinated by what you and I discussed on IG live, not, a, not too long ago, that there are people who are self-preserving as an Enneagram subtype and they show up a bit more sexually. There's people who are sexual and they show up a bit more socially. And then there's people who are social, who show up a bit more self-preserving and we've got our theories about why, but can you tell us if that kind of goes along the same lines of people just uh, projecting something else? Cause maybe they're not healthy yet. Exactly. I think that when you're using a tool such as social media, such as a dating app, you're projecting kind of your desired self or maybe what you think is going to give you attraction or validation or kind of the surface level instant gratification, but not maybe the deeper stuff. And then what I've seen happen with clients in in some ways is that they 
you know, go out there in a certain way. And that gives them the initial like or swipe or whatever. But then later down the road in the relationship, they still have to face their stuff. And that's where, you know, as we'll talk about the attachment stuff comes up of like, oh, wow, I thought I was this way. And all of a sudden, all my stuff is coming up and I actually want to run away, even though this might be a good match or whatever. So I think that's where we have to really have that self-reflection and awareness. So we know how we're presenting ourselves and also how we want to, what we really desire. Mm. I'll often tell a lot of women that I work with, it's like, okay, you're telling me you're looking for a long-term relationship, but what does your profile look like? And we have to, you know, consolidate those two images because you might think, well, this is what's going to be most attractive, but that's not, but are you looking just for someone to be attracted to you or are you looking for a soulmate? So that's kind of, those are the, um, you know, those things we have to really look at and make those hard (laughs) decisions. Oh my gosh. That's such good reflective questions for everyone listening right now. And I know those married are going back. Like, I wish I'd known, (laughs) but I heard a hint of that as you were talking about doing premarital. And also, as you said, sometimes we want to run from who we were at the beginning. Um, but it's really nice for us all to reflect on. This is just part of the process. We grow and we learn from each other. And that's why we glow with people who are a bit uh, different, even from you and your husband. There is a, There are differences. I remember you telling me before, there's wing differences. He's male, you're female. There's, there's ways you have to still try to meld, right? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, I think the more you know yourself, the easier those connections are going to be because you're going to see those interactions and what parts of, and also the more, you know, about other people, I think that really helps. So mm-hmm. when I work with clients or you just know about people, if I know more about their Enneagram, if I know more about them, that's going to help me guide, you know, similar to love languages. It's like, if we know someone else's love language, we can interact with them in the ways that are going to be productive and fruitful and lead towards connection. But if we don't know them, that's where those lost in translation things happen. That's true. And you're making me think that time is of essence, because if we're showing up differently at the beginning, how long do you recommend, or do you not ever put a time frame on how long you recommend for people to get to know each other before they take more serious steps? So what we teach in our program is called the 10 dates to soulmate roadmap. And what we've basically designed through this roadmap is ways to understand, you know, how to get to know someone in an organic way. But a lot of people need that structure. You know, they're bringing in the deep conversations on date one and then they're noticing, oh, well, we don't have chemistry. I'm like, well, yeah, because the whole time you talked about, you know, your ex or your family member passing away. It's like, we don't, those are great conversations to have, but the timing isn't necessarily right. So basically in this roadmap, what we've outlined is a way to really connect, get to learn someone in context, as well as learn their character. So within those 10 dates, um, which around is around like two and a half months, usually, um, then you're going to have enough information to decide if you want to be exclusive with that person. Wow. That's so helpful that there's a system that you've got that helps people to walk through. So they're not missing essential steps about seeing those deeper layers of people because that's crushing for people to find out, Hey, I got to the other side, but I had no idea they weren't mature. And it's, it's 
all part of attachment work, like you said, but I love that you know this and I love that you have such credibility uh, academically as well as experientially so that people can trust your program. So thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I, I love research. I'm a huge nerd. So when I see these patterns, I feel like I love kind of bringing them to people and saying, yeah, you know, you hopped into that relationship at date three because of all that chemistry, but you didn't get these really important questions answered. And so that's why now you're in this relationship, but you don't feel like it's aligned. So when they feel more empowered, when people feel more empowered, they're able to make those choices that are most aligned and uh, best for the, you know, themselves. Mm, Wow. Okay. That's so helpful. So you're going to help our listeners to align better. Now, as we talk about attachment guys, she has so much wisdom for you. Pay attention here. We are going to learn about attachment styles from Dr. Christie and even some Enneagram integration. So thank you so much. We're ready to learn. Yeah. So I, and I teach this to all my clients. So you're getting a little uh, special uh, treat here because they usually share this information, but what we walk all of our clients through is what we call our dating blueprint. So this a combination of someone's Enneagram and their attachment style, because I found that through learning both things about themselves, it's really, truly transformed their way of um, even basically approaching dating and relationships. It completely turns it on its head when both of those things are really clear. So, um, basically with attachment style, obviously it's a really big buzzword nowadays, but there's been research been going on around this area since the 1970s. So it's not new, but I think it's been really popularized through the book attached and through these like quizzes and learning more about that. And I think what's the way that we really define attachment is the way that you are able to connect with other people and feel that security and the balance between autonomy and connection. So every healthy relationship needs the balance. You need both autonomy. You need to feel independent. You need to feel like your own person. There's enough boundaries um, between you and someone else. And you need to feel connection. You need to feel like you can go to someone. They feel like a safe and secure person to you. And so what happens is there is a spectrum in adult attachment, which we call, you know, anxious attachment, secure attachment, and avoidant are basically the three ways and sometimes people call them different things. So those are the things that we can really put ourselves on that spectrum. A lot of the roots of this have to do with how our caregiver showed us that balance. So of connection and autonomy, and then that comes into our adult relationships. And what we can see is um, if you're anxious, you uh, tend to value the connection more than the autonomy. You really want to connect mm-hmm. someone else, but you, that separation that, okay, they're their own person. And I'm my own person is threatening. That yeah. feels like, Oh no, what if I lose them? It's insecure. Yeah. Um, then on the other side with avoidant, we feel like very comfortable in our autonomy. We overly focus on that and any connection feels like it's insecure. That feels like, oh no, I'm going to lose myself. Um, I need to go more this way into, you know, disconnecting. And so, and then a secure attachment has the balance. So what we see happen in a lot of relationships that have differing attachment is that the anxious person feels that the avoided person is very independent and that their autonomy threatens the connection. Mm-hmm. And the uh, avoided person thinks, oh, this anxious person is really making me feel like I'm going to lose my autonomy. So I'm going to hold on a lot more to that. And so we see this dynamic play out 
uh, the anxious person pursuing the avoidant person and the avoidant person running away. And it's like this cycle of chasing both the connection and the autonomy. And ideally what we want to do is have that balance happen in the dynamic. So that's just kind of like a, in a nutshell attachment. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Thank you so much. It really brings the last episode in together too, because we really just recently talked about the pursuer distancer cycle. So you're really letting people know this is real. It's been being studied since the 1970s and we both know Gottman's been studying it for years. So tell us about what Enneagram types might want to pay attention to as they're processing through this information with us about dating or married life with their attachments. Right. Great question. So the way that we really see this integrate is when you have, when you know about yourself and your Enneagram and your core fears and desires, you can sense what some of those, um, minefields are going to be for you when it comes to attachment. So what I have clients do is take, you know, both inventories and usually they align in some pretty powerful ways. So some examples that I'll share with you, one is, you know, are to the helper and that they really, their core desires to feel that love and connection. And so some of our twos can definitely veer towards that connection and feel like any separation, those boundaries that some twos need to work on feel like a threat to that love and connection. So sometimes that fear comes up in really powerful ways that makes you think, okay, how can I make sure that I'm not showing this love and desiring this love from um, an unhealthy place? How can I make sure I'm moving towards that healthy place? Um, And another example of someone who might be a little bit more avoidant are are some of our fives. So a lot of times in dating, we find that alignment happen when a five really just wants a lot of that information from a dating profile. Um, But sometimes that happens at the expense of the connection. So they'll read a dating profile be like, okay, this, that we kind of go down a rabbit hole and we create this whole idea of a person um, because we want that knowledge, but that could be a way of avoiding the deeper that we also desire. So those are a few examples of some alignments that we see around attachment and um, the Enneagram, but you can be any Enneagram number and wing with any attachment style. But what you want to keep in mind is how does my attachment style trigger some of those core fears and desires and some of the behaviors that I exhibit when I'm more in my unhealthy space. Mm, So when people are walking through your premier campaign of how to help them through these procedures as they're dating and trying to just sort everything out. That's Mm -hmm. extremely helpful because you're nuancing. It sounds like where they're really getting to figure out how their Enneagram type is particularly playing out. That's genius. Yeah. It's been so, I mean, so many clients have felt very relieved and just like, wow, I really understand this on a deeper level now. And a lot of times when you're single, you can feel like you have a very secure attachment, but it's when you get in that arena of relationships that all your wounds and triggers and everything starts coming up again. Um, And that's where the real work is done. It's when, okay, I want that connection. Now I need to look a little bit deeper and see like, okay, how am I showing up as my best, like healthy self in my Enneagram? And also how are these attachment wounds, particularly trying to kind of be roadblocks in that connection. So we can, with the awareness, we can outsmart it and know, okay, I'm going to walk a 
walk the path that's most aligned with me and my personality and my strengths and be aware of some of those things that are going to come into play. And so the first thing we do when we learn these things about someone is we recommend which dating app they should be on. Um, So if you're a certain type and a certain attachment, we're like, this is the right dating app. And then we say, okay, this is the best offline. So this is the best way to meet people that's not a dating app. So right away we get into, we know this information about you. Here's the right strategy because we've looked into to, okay, how these apps work and how are some of their particular, um, you know, the way that the technology works, either it really resonates with certain Enneagram types or it's really more overwhelming than it needs to be with others. So we help guide them in that way. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that people can get the ongoing care once they're like, okay, you figured me out now. What do I do? Yeah, exactly. Go through. That's the first part is really figuring out what's best for you because as you know, and everyone listening that knows about the Enneagram, we're all so different and it's really important to know what's most aligned for you. What works for your friend who's maybe a seven is not going to work for you. If you're like maybe even a six or just feeling um, like a nine, you're like, okay, I don't really want to get out there. Seven's like, oh, you know, work in the room. Yes. they, that works for them. So you try to do that, but that's not best for you. So it's not working for you. So that's where we want that alignment. That's what's going to really lead you, in my opinion, to your right partner, because you're doing it. The process is aligned as well as the destination is going to be aligned. Wow. So your authentic presentation of yourself even though there'll be work to do. And even though you're going to have to walk through those glow stages, we've conceptualized of shining. And then of course there's later going to be some shadows you have to walk through as you're really immersing. Um, it just, you're fine tuning it before you get to that point so that they don't have to do all their work after the fact. Right. Exactly. Because that's, what's going to kind of um, trip you up when you're in the process. You're like, okay, I'm just going to keep going with it. But you know that that's not really what's you know best for you too. Mm. Oh my gosh. That's really been a great buzzword lately. I feel like that's been a blessing of, you know, each passing year is that we're getting more fine-tuned culturally to know what are our needs and how do we thrive. And as you know, Enneagram's gotten us there partly. And then this is a reminder too, that as we're aligning with who we're really created to be, that we're not going to put up a wall or run too hard through the wall to find somebody. So thank you for teaching us this and for being out there for our audience who are dating in singles. And I'm sorry, guys, who are dating in singles that it's been this long to get an episode to you, Um, but we've been planning it a long time in the making. So thank you so much, Dr. Christie. And we just are so happy. And we want to give people information about where they can find you. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it's such a pleasure to be here. So happy to connect with any listeners from your podcast. Um, you can find me on Instagram. That's where I hang out the most, the date, Dr. Christie, and then my website therapy for dating. That's where you can get more information about our find the one program or just any other ways to work with us. Awesome. Thank you so much. I've already had clients who have enjoyed your program and I'm grateful because I got to hear a little bit about some of the inside scoop and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm learning things. So, (laughs) so thank you so much. We just love your work and I love following your account on IG as well. So we'll make sure to put everything in the show notes and you have a great day with your beautiful three, three glow too. (laughs) Thank you so much. Krista. Have a wonderful day. 
I'm so glad you guys got to hear from Dr. Christy. I hope you will check her out on Instagram. I hope you will be making sure that if you're dating, that you will check out her courses. She has so many great tools for you guys, and I hope that you will let her be part of your circle of learning because it is truly a quality person to learn from, and that's the only way I like to show up together where we show up with intention, where we show up with being real together, and we show up with our best. And so I'm thankful for Dr. Christy, and I'm thankful for you because you finish this podcast and you get to celebrate that, that you finish something well, and I hope it leads you well into your week. We bring you joy and refreshment each week. That's our goal. And just bring it on into the rest of the world. Get that glow out there, and we will talk to you soon. Bye-bye. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.